Hey everybody, Christian Rivera here, aka C Note for Dopamine, the show that has more realness than the ass of a Kardashian. Today on the show, I have with me Edward Boca, an episode that I would like to call a full episode. It's uh, it's about Edward Boca, who is a business consultant and marketing strategist who gives us a breadth of knowledge as it pertains to mindset and business. We talk quite a bit about building your foundation, seizing opportunity, and looking deeper into why you're doing what you're doing. Edward also has the unique experience of being from, living in, and doing business from Romania with U.S. customers. He discusses why U.S. customers fit him better. He also shares how he nearly jumped on the idea of Canva before they became uh, a big deal in the market and shares the lessons he's learned from that experience. This episode is a big one. If you're a marketer, an entrepreneur looking for stories of real people going through many stages of business and life from a unique perspective, there's a lot of good life tidbits here. So it's not necessarily just like a rah-rah entrepreneur thing. There's a lot of really, really good, well-rounded information here. So I love this episode and I think you will too. You can check out Edward Boca and his business at marketology.com. And without further ado, welcome Edward Boca to the show. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. And uh, I would like to introduce to you Edward Boca. Welcome. Hey, guys. So, uh, Edward, just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what it is you do, and, uh, you know, a little bit about your story. Sure. Well, I've been on an entrepreneur from 2004 and it's been an interesting journey so to speak mm-hmm. and I've went from uh, from building simple web pages so I've been I've started as a freelancer and just went up then tried to make my pages more uh, functional so I started to learn how to code and then I went into doing I, I I'm basically I would say that I'm a problem solver so I just do whatever it is needed to to get to an end point, which I set in advance. Yeah, it seems like problem solving is uh is kind of needed for coding work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I was I started kind of on a similar path maybe a few years before you, but um, uh, I was just kind of like breaking down uh, like Dragon Ball Z websites, <laughs> and uh, I would take the code and like rearrange it and put it back together and stuff like that how did you get started with coding is it was it a similar situation did you have something that you really loved and you started to do it or uh was it for more practical purposes to like learn it in school or anything like that uh no uh, we we were actually coming out from under communism in 89 so i'm not from america and right. not sure if uh so i come from romania so mm-hmm. the education system here was really really probably like 20 years behind you guys right so you kind of had to to learn everything by yourself you had to go through the process you mostly the people that joined into this business are self taught at least right. from from my country right so what i actually started out with is a program called swishmax uh-huh. which which li- which was like a smaller brother of flash and okay. um 
what you could do in there is mostly uh, animate text and do things that were really hard to do in Flash back then. Okay. So that was kind of the differentiating uh, value proposition of Swishmax versus Flash. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, I got to a point, they did have a little bit of uh, support for ActionScript 2 in Swishmax, but it was not enough for me to get to get my things working like I wanted them. So you could integrate, like, I don't know, like a basic click, but that was kind of it. If you wanted to save to a database or you needed to do, I don't know, other fetch information from a text file or a database, you already had to, to do higher level coding, so to speak. Right. So that's kind of how I went into PHP. I started out with PHP. So mm-hmm. just, it was just a process, just trying to, to solve my own problems initially and then just went into it. Okay. Uh, so from, from there, when you first came over, how, how was that transition? Like what, um, how did you start getting clients or how did you start, uh, you know, getting, well, first of all, kind of coming over here and then getting, getting settled after such a, an interesting situation of living over there. Like what, what was that transition like and, and how long did it really take you before you started to kind of feel like you can get settled and start to make some money and get clients and things like that? Well, I'm still living here, so that's uh, that's one okay. thing. I, I haven't moved to the U.S., oh, but okay. Okay. Uh, I do have a visa, so it's been much easier for us to to just uh, move around. Right. We, we do have that freedom. We joined the European Union in 2009, if I remember. So it's kind of right. like open border situation like thing. Right. So we can visit any country in Europe now, and we can come to the U.S. So the the moving freedom is is much better. But the good thing about online businesses is that you don't need to be in a specific place. Right. I mean, I could be right now in Bali or, I don't know, uh, Hawaii or whatever you want and do my work from there just as well. And I think this is uh, applicable for anyone out there. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like you've been, uh, you've been able to take advantage of that, that, uh, you know, that your clients are coming from all over the place? Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a huge difference in mindset between the Romanian customers and the American customers. So there's mm-hmm. a difference. It's been a little bit difficult in the beginning to understand the, the cultural differences and uh-huh. how, how you guys do things and how we do things. Right. So Americans are much more uh, value oriented. So they put, uh, take value into consideration much, much better than, than we Romanians do. Here, we mostly were brought up with a mindset of go for the cheapest price and that will get the job done Right, kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, the, my ideal customer is from the U.S. So. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, because, you know, they see value and they'll be able to pay you more. <laughs> exactly, and, and I can solve their problems. For example, uh, you know, when talking about ideal customers, if you have the one in Romania that, that doesn't even understand the value that you're providing, mm-hmm. it's quite difficult to, to make yourself valuable. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that makes uh, complete sense. Uh, so, so when around what time did you start uh, connecting with more American clients and uh, uh, really seeing them as your ideal avatar in a way? So it's it's a long process. So I've been involved in over 30 businesses mm-hmm. uh, till now. So since 2004, basically what got me started in 2004, I actually wrote a, 
a book, an ebook, which uh, which was about Swishmax. So I was the first person in the world to write a book about Swishmax. Okay. And that kind of got me started. So that's where I kind of saw the potential that people are willing to pay me money to, to for a certain thing. So the book was going back then for uh, $30 and I was making 50-50 with, uh, with the guys that... I was actually part of a community, of a mm-hmm. forum, okay. but I was uh, where eventually I, I got promoted to a co-admin status and there were 100,000 members in mm-hmm. that forum. Okay. It was called SwishDB. So it was really easy to connect to other people from all over the world just, uh, just on that forum by itself. Mm-hmm. So what happened next, I wrote that ebook. And then people started reaching out to me. So then customers started reaching out to me. So I kind of positioned myself as an expert uh, by writing that ebook. And then people started reaching out, hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Can we work together? And mm-hmm. all kind of went down from there. Right. The ebook writing thing wasn't such a huge thing like it is right now. So now everybody can kind of whip out an ebook. But back then, I think there were very few people that were doing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were selling the ebook for like 30 bucks, <laughs> right. which I'm not really sure <laughs> if, <laughs> if it would have the same results nowadays. Um, I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> there's, there's just so many more options, but uh, yeah. you know, it's a different landscape, different situation, and we've got to adjust to adjust to the changes. But it looks like you you were able to take advantage of what worked at the time and that's really all we can do. You know, right now everybody's trying to get out uh, free information or try to find ways to package up tutorials and systems and ways to do things, um, you know, in, 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 in response to, you know, all this free information out there in the world. Like if somebody was looking for some swish max, max, swish max stuff these days, uh, they, they probably have more access to resources, but at the time seemed totally appropriate for you to just kind of dive in and share your knowledge with people which sounds, yeah. like it, sounds like it's worked out for you. <laughs> it did. I, I don't think Swishmax exists anymore. No? Right. <laughs> right. So, so that's, been, uh, that's been an interesting ride. I think this is something that we can take into consideration for any kind of business that we go into. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe if we're talking about tactics, for example, and we're talking about Facebook groups or right. uh, email or whatnot, maybe they work right now in a, in a way, but maybe in five years, maybe it's going to be gone completely or it's going to be completely rethought. Right. So you, you kind of have to keep that mindset open that things change. Right. And, and, and always keep learning. Yeah. So, so with that in mind, like, what are you, what are you doing now uh, to try to, you know, make your presence known and, and get your client, get clients out there? Are you still, are you still on some forums? Are you spending time on Facebook groups? How are you spending most of your time and uh, how are you getting more clients? Now my most of my time is spent on uh, Facebook groups, so to speak, but not necessarily for getting clients, but more of to interact and to to kind of get a feel. I've been uh, I've been a lone wolf most of my life, uh-huh. so it's been difficult to to get back into the community type of game. Right. So after two thousand and four or two thousand and five, when I uh, when I kind of wrapped up the whole Swishmax thing and Swishmax thing and. Uh, got an American customer, which uh, is now like 80% of our business. Right. I kind of started slacking. So I started not learning that much. And it was, it was kind of a, an interesting process for me. Mm-hmm. 
and then I started being a lone wolf. I didn't engage so much in communities anymore, and uh, I just kind of lost my 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 way there for a bit. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying with little steps to get a little bit back in the game, and I actually started a Facebook group to to kind of get out of my comfort zone and get back into the get back into the whole community scenario because I really loved being, I mean, you can imagine uh, how active I was if I became a co-admin on that a hundred thousand people forum. I think I had like 15,000 posts or something like that in about two years. Right. So I, I was super, super active back then. Right now, uh, the thing, the thing right now, what I'm mostly focusing on is, is not necessarily the tactics on doing something. Mm-hmm. And this is exactly what, what my business is about and which I, what I want to do mm-hmm. is actually teach people the, the foundation, teach people the strategies that go into building a business. Mm-hmm. So instead of just focusing on the tactics, I'm focusing on the little things that bring the whole image together, right. just make them focus on the big image. So uh, I think that's, that's kind of my life's calling. So I kind of discovered that uh, two years ago that that's what I want to do. So I kind of switched from everything that I was doing and turned, turned to this part. Which, which um, I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask, like, um, which, what kind of uh, practical life lessons are you bringing into those teachings? Are you kind of sharing some of your story of, like, you know, mid 2000s and and sort of dealing with some of the lone wolf isolation stuff or is it more like or, or in terms of like um any kind of mindset things or are you most more so speaking from a just kind of building business more of a practical mindset or is it a little bit of both you think a little bit of both i think it's <clears throat> probably like 20 percent mindset and 80 percent uh things that you have to do mm-hmm. so i think uh because mindset is something that maybe i can necessarily control so i can show you maybe the way on how to think about different things or even we kind of all know the the theory behind having a positive mindset and how to be happy and things like that. But we kind of just skip doing the work. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so it's difficult for me to, to kind of teach you how to do the work. So in both scenarios, you kind of have to do the work by yourself. I can show you the way mm-hmm. and it's kind of up to you to do the work. And yeah. basically my ideal customer has been through the life struggles or at least close to the life struggle, the life struggles that I've been through mm-hmm. and wants to kind of, um, uh, escape that and just just do things right for for a change, right? Because tactics, just imagine this scenario. Tactics are like like the ceiling are are the roof of a of a house, right? So what I'm into right now is let me teach you how to build the foundation and how to build the walls. Mm-hmm. You can learn how to build roofs from so many places and so many sources. I mean, there are so many trainers for specific tactics that you want to. Um, to go after, I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, you've got trainings for funnels, trainings for Facebook ads, for Google ads, for Bing ads, for mm-hmm. whatever you can imagine nowadays. Any any tactic that you want, CEO, it, inbound marketing, outbound marketing, it, it's just crazy uh, the amount of tactics that that you can bring into the game. Right. But nobody stays to focus on the foundation and walls, and mm-hmm. I think that's that's one big setback that you kind of 
you kind of get to understand once you failed or at least started to do something and you you've seen that hey this doesn't work out why doesn't it work out mm-hmm. well because you don't have the foundation and walls in place you're trying to start the building with the roof right that's kind of what i'm trying to focus right now so, so can you give maybe a couple of examples of what that foundation might be for, you know, what your ideal client would look like? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I would kind of start, so I can, I can kind of give you the rundown of we're going to have a webinar. Yeah. We're kind of building a tool. We've been doing this for like two years uh, on and off, but it's, it's more like what I was doing before, I was building a product for one year, one and a half year, and then launching it. Uh, launching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I kind of changed the whole way of doing that. So right now I'm just doing things, validating them with customers, and then launching. Or just making little pieces, little bits, and then just letting them and putting them out there and see the feedback that that I'm getting. Right. So it's a much, much smarter way of, of building a business. Mm-hmm. So... What we started out first is a tool that's called the Marketing Canvas, which is a free tool where we kind of try to put all of, the, all of the pieces together. So like I said, I was involved in like 30 businesses mm-hmm. and the success, I mean, most of them failed. Uh, some had little success, some were more successful, but in the end, I, I tried to, I just said, let's stop instead of me trying to build so many businesses and just trying to see what sticks, why don't I focus and see exactly what I'm doing wrong? Right. So that's kind of how I got to, to the foundation and walls uh, part of uh, thing. And it was very helpful because I kind of, from all of the projects, mm-hmm. uh, I kind of understood what went wrong I, just by, by having this reflection. So if we are to talk about mindset, one of the biggest thing about mindsets that, that mindset that we can do is just stay and reflect on, on what we're doing. Instead of, we, we always get into this rat race, into this race of let's, let's do this, let's do that, let's do the next shiny thing. Right. But I found it that we, we really find it hard to just stay in one place and just think about what we're doing right, right. now. Mm-hmm. Which is which is one of the most important pieces that I would say uh, can can build up your your strategy. So just just focusing on your why. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? Why uh, why are you doing the things that you're doing? Why why should you be consistent? Why should you stop complaining? Why should you manage your time? How should you manage your time? Mm-hmm. Why why would you try to go towards building a positive energy? How can you? embrace your vulner- vulnerabilities and how can you, I don't know, compliment others. Just using, putting all these pieces together to, to keep yourself in a state of flow. Right. And then if we are to talk about foundation, we can talk about the promise that you're making as a business, the positioning that you have uh, with your competitors. If there are any new entrants that want to come into your space, if you can create any partnerships, if you can scale your business, how can you budget uh, for your business? What value proposition can you actually get out there? So things like this, this, these would kind of make up the business strategy of uh, this would be like the foundation right and also on the foundation you also have your customer Mm -hmm. where you kind of need to know uh what your people want who they are 
demographics, psychographics, so basically their beliefs, values, goals, uh, what pulls them back, their fears, insecurities, what are their worldviews, mm-hmm. uh, how do they live their life, what's their lifestyle, and basically from really understanding your customer, you can start, you can build any product you want, mm-hmm. but if you don't know who you're selling it to, it's like you would be talking to no one. And this is one of the mistakes that we did in 2009. Mm-hmm. We started with a project which was aimed at DIY moms mm-hmm. and we priced it at somewhere, I think, 1,200 bucks per year okay. as a subscription. Mm-hmm. So as you can imagine, that didn't really fall out uh, well uh, for us. I mean, m- stay-at-home moms that were doing DIY stuff were not willing to pay 1,200 bucks <laughs> for right. us. Right, but they were instead willing to pay three bucks, and then later on six ninety nine, which we found out, and it was a bit too late, because uh, we actually we did something that's very similar to Canva, if you're aware of it. Yeah, yeah. But this was back in two thousand and twelve, so it was before Canva. Canva mm-hmm. came out in two thousand and thirteen. Yeah, and I could never put the pieces together like Canva did. So mm-hmm. they did something super smart mm-hmm. and here they also made the business strategy uh, change. So a business strategy um, step, so to speak. So what they did is just, they went out to get an investor mm-hmm. and they landed someone for 50 million bucks mm-hmm. and they went to, Philipp- to the Philippines, if I'm not mistaken, got a team of 50 mm-hmm. and just developed and were able to build out their product. I was there in 2012 with a built product and I had no idea where to go next. Hmm. So that's just like the importance of having a foundation. Yeah. It seems so simple now just when I reflect on it what, of what I should have done. But mm-hmm. if I didn't put in the work and I didn't think about it, I didn't take the time to just think about how to build that foundation it just eventually failed. Right. I, I think we're all kind of living in this world where people are starting to connect the dots a little bit more between business and people and yeah. finding out how to really connect with individuals and the really hone down on the specifics of who someone is that you're selling to or really just trying to communicate to and convey your idea to uh, and um, getting them to buy in by learning about who they are and not just saying like, you know, you're a soccer mom, you're supposed to like this, <laughs> but yeah, really, exactly. <laughs> really learning more specifics about, you know, what they're willing to afford, what they willing to spend, what kind of time they have, how do they value their time? You know, all that stuff that you were mentioning, which is fantastic and, and really great advice. Um, you know, and, and a really good reason for anyone to kind of speak to you about it because it sounds like you've, you've really learned a lot from personal experience and, uh, you know, when you have a situation like that where you feel like you've let a, a, an opportunity slip past you, you know, you, you don't want that to happen again. I'm sure. <laughs> Most definitely, yeah. I'm 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 not going back to the drawing board like, like in the past. No, I I I have a clear way now. I know exactly what I'm doing. Fantastic. But it took me it took me like uh, 13 years, so that's fine. Mm-hmm. So in case you're thinking that, hey, why isn't this working out for me right now? Just keep on because mm-hmm. uh, the ones that stick to it, those are going to come uh, winning out in the, in the end. Yeah, the only timeline that really matters is yours. I think a lot of people look at other people, people who are successful business people at 20, 21 years old or 
you know, different areas of their life or, or even within the same uh, uh, profession, they're just like, you know, I go to college and by within two years of getting out of college, I'm supposed to be making $100,000 a year or something like that. All this supposed to type of stuff where it's like, I, I need to be in this place. And it's like, no, everybody's path is different. You know, you got to take your time to get to that place and just be persistent, continue to work on your foundation like you've been talking about. And really, I would, I would almost push people to just like talk to you or just listen to this podcast at first and uh, uh, get a sense of what that foundation even is. I think a lot of yeah. people are, are missing that. And one of the reasons I talk about mindset is that there are so many tools out there, uh, so many more ways to access people who have experience uh, like yourself and people who are speaking from a place of like sharing tools. You know, there are, there are situations where, you know, these days there are so many people who are wanting to do video or do some sort of marketing or get on Instagram or do certain things. And for some reason, you know, mindset is kind of what keeps them from doing it. They don't feel like they have enough of the skill set, or they don't feel like they're, or maybe they feel like they're too old to get started or, you know, too young to be taken seriously or anything like that. And uh, I think the big thing and, and what ties into your foundation is really kind of staying within your wheelhouse and knowing that this is your path. This is your journey. You know, for you, your, your path is unique in the sense that, you know, you're living in Romania and you have, you know, your own set of hurdles that you had to go through and then your own mindset hurdles and then the lone wolf aspect and just a lot of things to overcome. Um, but now you seem like you're on a clear path and you feel good about where you're going. And I think that's a great story in itself. Thanks. <laughs> I think, I think the, the biggest, maybe, I don't know, uh, for the younger generation mm -hmm. and even me, if I, if I come to think of it, yeah. I think we're we're very we go to a to a state where we want things to happen instantly. Mm -hmm. So this is this is one of the latest trends that I've seen and I mean you go on your phone you click click you do that and boom you've got something or mm -hmm. you download a song or you you do you do things very quickly nowadays you expect instant gratification. Right. And I and I think when it comes to business if you ever want to do business or or go into this the instant gratification part is kind of lacking and it's kind of disappointing. So, mm -hmm. and I think this is, this is where people perceive failure as, as the most prevalent where you actually start doing something. And instead of being consistent and doing the work every day, you expect it to, to, to happen overnight. You expect it to happen over a week or over two weeks or whatnot. And then you just get demotivated and just stop doing it. Mm -hmm. The thing is that the people that have succeeded have, have done this continuously. So maybe you've got one or two guys that actually hit success by accident, mm -hmm. so to speak, that, that are bragging with it. Hey, I, I worked very little, but look at the results that I've, I've got here. It, uh, there's no such thing. So even if we, if, even if we take a look at Tim Ferriss's uh, book, The, the 4-Hour Workweek, I think he wrote it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Basically, he mentions that that four four hours a week is is all that you need to do. But if we look back to it, at how much work Tim Ferriss actually did in the past, he's been working his ass off for the past ten years at mm -hmm. least to get to that four hour work week. Right. 
So it's easy to buy into the four-hour workweek mindset but, and then get really disappointed by it. But just, just keep in mind that you actually need to do the work. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, it's something that, and it comes, it comes hard even for me. Sometimes I procrastinate because it, it's just so difficult to focus sometimes. You just, you have all these hurdles, you have all these shiny things, you have all of these uh, things that you can get a dopamine shot. You mm-hmm. just go to Facebook, you write a post or you click some likes and woo, there's your <laughs> dopamine rush for the day. Yep. yep. Versus just staying down and working on your business plan and trying to figure things out. That's that's the real deal. And <laughs> that's where that's where you have to grind. That's where yep. you have to do the the hard work. And most people give up on the hard work, unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, it's almost unfortunate that he called it the four-hour work week because even in the book itself, he kind of mentions that, that it's like he put a lot of work into minimizing a lot of things. But even then, he's not still working just four hours a week. He's doing a lot of things. It's just like that maybe almost, yeah, it's almost the perception of what work is was minimized to four hours as opposed to, you know, everything else in his life, he's still working and talking to people and communicating, but it doesn't feel like work. The thing that actually feels like work is minimized. Exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, and the same, the same thing. I know it's a huge trend right now with the passive income. Everybody yeah. wants a passive income. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Okay, it's fine. Right. Uh, you can get passive income, but you need to work your ass off until you get to that passive income. You right. need to produce that content. You need to do all of the things that you need to do to create that passive income. Right. An example of that is like people think that writing a book is passive income and it takes a lot of effort first of all to write that book and then you got to market the shit out of that book <laughs> exactly, yeah and it, you know all of that is considered work and it's not you know after a while like sure this book will sit on amazon and you'll get some sales here and there um but if you want to keep going you got to keep making things you got to keep uh keep on doing the next thing and uh, uh you know staying true to yourself and uh you know launching off of that foundation that you were speaking of so honestly i, I think even writing the book is the least of work right <laughs> just trying to to get it out there and get it to people and do get people to to notice you and what mm-hmm. you're doing right so but there are there are there are ways nowadays where you can actually create a following much easier than than back back a few years now so you've got all these connection channels where you can just reach out i mean i'm a huge fan of seth godin Mm -hmm. and uh i had the chance to actually talk to him and to you know it's so easy the 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 bridge the gap is is so so small nowadays right i mean you can virtually reach out to to any person in the world and perhaps get a response Absolutely. Which, which I think is fantastic. It, it's something that you could not do 10 years ago. Well, and you know, it makes a situation like yours where you describe yourself as a lone wolf. And I felt like that most of my life as well. And you're able to create a community or be a part of a community without having to go anywhere. <laughs> or, exactly. you know, especially yeah. for people who live in the middle of nowhere or live in a place that, you know, you're not going to connect with similar people you know, you have the opportunity now to connect with people. And that's really where it's all about. That's a big part of that foundation is being able to, to connect with the right people. It's the biggest yeah. step from my point of view. I mean, just 
creating uh, creating a connection with people and building meaningful meaningful relationships and just i don't know be human i think we're we are very social people uh, yeah. i mean people are very social creatures and uh, that's what we kind of need to go back to but it's it's so difficult you know you've got your phone in your hand you've got your it's your facebook it's so easy just to to do it virtually instead of just just meeting for a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th- I think that's a good place to start wrapping up. Um, do you, right. so, I mean, it's been, it's been a really good conversation. It's really good to hear that you feel like you're on a good path and it's a really good example of how you can go through uh, some, some, some trials, some difficult things, especially with, you know, sociopolitical things going on around you too, with, uh, with the, the change in borders and things like that. Um, you know, that stuff is always difficult to deal with, with friends and family and personal things. And, uh, you know, feeling like you missed opportunities, it seems like there's the chance to really learn from all of that stuff. You're learning and growing. And uh, I think that's a good lesson for everybody. And I think uh, we're all, we're all uh, cheering for you. <laughs> uh, is there, is there, um, uh, where can people get a hold of you? How can they if they're, you know, somewhere they can ask you questions or um, find out about what it is that you're doing? Sure. I think the quickest way to reach out and connect is uh, my Facebook group. It's called Heartfelt Marketing and Entrepreneurship. So that's where I, I'm pretty active. It's a really small group because we don't let too many people in. So you kind of have to answer the questions and just overall don't be a spammy douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And maybe that's another topic that we can kind of break into in the future. Uh, Cause this was kind of like an introductory podcast so that we can talk, but I think in the future, maybe we can talk about how to not be a spammy douchebag and how, no, to, definitely. <laughs> how to connect with people better. Cause like you said, it's the most important part of your foundation. And it is, um, you know, I think it's something that we've both kind of struggled with. Like you said, you were like lone wolf type and um, uh, I think there's a lot to speak to there. So let's do a follow-up on that. I think that'll be a lot of fun. And um, any, uh, sure. anything else you'd like to add to the conversation before we wrap up? Uh, no, I'm good. I, I can hardly wait for the next topic. Fantastic. <laughs> and it's been, it's, been great. it's been great talking to you. Well, Edward Boca, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, Christian. See ya. Bye. Hey, you beautiful human. Thanks for listening to Dopamine. I really appreciate it. If you thought this was a dope show, then you should wait until next week. But also, while you wait, you should go to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a positive review. Positive reviews help me to uh, fill up my dopamine tank. Otherwise, you can send your friends to dopamine.life to listen to the show or hi, my name is Christian.com to get the latest updates. I'll catch you later. Baby, I'm a fiend, I'm a fiend. Oh, you know you got me going off your dopamine. All I really need, all I need. It's for you to put me on to the recipe, yeah Woo-hoo, purple flowers, candy showers in the air You dance for hours as I watch from overhead It's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine yeah. It's on my team, you got me going off your dopamine